Hello and welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast. We are in episode 117, Stress Revisited, Just Because. Welcome to Intentional Leaders. This podcast is not just for leaders, rather for anyone who wants to make an impact on the world, professionally or personally. My passion and purpose is to provide tips, tools, and resources that I've learned throughout my career, working with large and small organizations, profit and non, and also as an entrepreneur. I've had the joy to teach thousands of individuals who, like you, are trying to navigate this crazy and complex world. So here's to doing that successfully and intentionally. Today, I am revisiting stress, and I mean revisiting it because I've done a couple podcasts on stress before, particularly episode 97, which was about defining stress from a definition by Richard Lazarus that I encountered many years ago, and also about stress strategies. So if you truly want to revisit stress, go back and check out episode 97, because that will give you a platform to essentially revisit what I'm going to cover today. But one thing that I don't think I mentioned in that previous episode was that stress can be a positive thing, but many of us see it as a negative thing because stress is essentially defined as us feeling a gap in what is facing us and what we have the resources to do, that we somehow feel like there's a deficit in terms of how we can manage an experience. Stress comes from the environment and it is based on our perception of our capabilities, meaning something that might be stressful to me might not be stressful to you and vice versa. So let's say a new boss is coming into our organization I may be super excited about that because I think, oh, an opportunity to learn and work with someone new, and maybe I didn't have a great experience with the last boss. Maybe you had a great relationship with the last boss, and you see this as a potential threat. Or maybe you've had several bad bosses, and you think, oh no, what if this is another one? So stress comes from an external source, and then in our brain, we determine whether that is going to create an emotional experience for us that's either positive or negative. I think that's important to note, but the reason I want to revisit this is because I get a chance to work with human beings almost every day of my life, and stress comes up so, so much. And I do see some consistent reasons why stress is occurring, and I just want to share some of those observations so we together can help to reduce this, maybe for you personally or professionally or within your team. There are a couple researchers, Yerkes and Dotson, that came up with a law a few years ago, and they looked at the relationship between pressure and performance. This was actually way back in the early 1900s. And what they said is that when we compare performance and pressure, that there is kind of a sweet spot of stress, that when we have a little bit of pressure, it can actually improve our performance. But when it becomes too high and we become overwhelmed, then our performance declines. Yerkes and Dodson were onto something, but for all of us, it's difficult to understand what is that sweet spot. Because if stress in our external environment is based on our own perception, we all have different sweet spots, of course. 
So that's an important thing to note. But here's what I hear a lot from leaders is that they have a lot of stress around time, how they're spending it, not having enough of it, that they feel like resources are very limited in terms of people and the capacity, resources that they need. And when we get to that point where we feel like we're no longer in the sweet spot of stress, we become overwhelmed, what happens is all those stress hormones that are being released when we have a stressor, meaning adrenaline and cortisol, is they just keep getting released. And when that happens over time, our capacity for doing a lot of things goes down of course, because those stress hormones are racing through our body and they affect us in a negative way. What I want to talk about is what are some strategies for managing stress? Maybe this is about you. Maybe this is with your team. And I think just being a good role model for stress in general is a wonderful quality of being a human being. Because if you can be mindful of this, you can have a very positive effect on others. And I was just in a class on Friday and one of the guys said that stress management was an important characteristic in a team. And in fact, several people said that because I was asking him what team behaviors were valued. That came up several times. But he said, I can't do anything about someone else's stress, can I? And I said, yes, absolutely you can, because all of us can. And when you see someone or when you're under stress, being able to identify the stressor itself, being able to define it is absolutely helpful because then you can take action. But here are some things that I think in general can help to eliminate our stress. And number one is single tasking. Have you ever looked up any research on the downfalls or the pitfalls of multitasking and multi-switching in your brain when you go from one cognitive task to another? Well, let me tell you, I've never seen the research. It is a little scary. When we multitask and go from one cognitive task to another, it affects our brain in a negative way as if we've lost a whole night's sleep we can lose up to 10 IQ points, and it is as if we've just smoked two joints. I know, who needs that <laughs> at work? So there is a lot of research about, uh, and what's ironic about this research is that most people think they're good at multitasking. There's some crazy statistics like, you know, 90% of people believe they're good at multitasking, but only like 2% are. <laughs> it's very funny and very ironic because I think a lot of us think, oh, I can totally do that. I can do multiple things at once. But what the research said, and I read a great article by Psychology Today that talks about the effect and the harm on our brain, that our brain is literally harmed because what goes down is our cognitive control, meaning how do we think things through? Our regulation of our motivation and emotions are compromised. It causes memory problems when we multitask and it can cause chronic stress, much less we're like super distracted, duh, because we're multitasking. So even though we believe that we are going to be more efficient, we are actually less efficient, less productive, and less accurate. So I beg of you, think, think of your ability to single task 
as one way to reduce your stress. Because if you mindfully pay attention to maybe a pressing deadline or even to thinking through a problem or a challenge you have and you give it your all for a certain period of time, you will at least arrive at how to solve that problem or will make a decision that will calm down your brain. And that is what you want. You want to be able to label your stress, consider it fully, and solve that problem or make a decision. Single tasking is an amazing way to reduce your stress, but many of us don't believe that. Number two is practicing mindfulness. What I mean by that is everyone is trying to steal our attention. Think about the power of your phone and the internet and all the people who can access you through so many channels. They're all competing for your time and your attention and your mindfulness. We have to take it back. We have to take our presence in the moment back. If we don't, we're letting external forces environment to compromise our ability to get things done. And if we don't practice mindfulness, we are negatively affecting our stress, our capacity, and probably our capabilities as well. When we think about making healthy choices, in addition to single tasking and practicing mindfulness, we also have to think about our habits. And I know that so many people tell you about healthy habits We all know what they are, don't we? We all know we need to sleep, right? Eat well, exercise, drink water, stop doing all the horrible things that, well, I know I do when I'm stressed out that don't actually help with our stress. They actually make us feel worse. So healthy habits are important, not just in the short term, but in terms of the long term. What our healthy habits do is affect our brain in a positive way. So things like exercising and sleep and downtime are literally improving our capacity and our capabilities of our brain. But we don't always think like that. We think in the short term, we make those compromises and we think it'll be okay. We think, ooh, next week, next month, I'll get healthier, I'll sleep more, I'll do better. But what we don't realize is throughout the journey, the effect that all of those things are having on us right now, because when we don't take care of ourselves physically, we are affecting our ability to manage our stress right now. Big bummer, isn't it? We have to get to that point where we are a little bit stressed, where we are optimally stimulated and ready to go without turning the corner to the dark side of stress, where it's affecting us in a way that we feel overwhelmed and we don't know what to do about it. Let's focus on optimization and being efficient, being effective, being calm, being composed, being a happy, healthy individual. (laughs) Well, maybe let's try to do a couple of those things. But here are some seeds I would plant with you. And think about this even in small doses, when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, to take back your center of control. Number one, allow yourself the opportunity to single task. Be mindful on something that you need to get done and give it your full attention. I have done this in times of stress and overwhelmed, and it is miraculous if I give myself devoted time 
how much I can get done if I'm being fully mindful. There's a technique that was developed many, many years ago called the Pomodoro technique. And it was something like, you know, set a timer for 25 minutes and then give yourself five minutes, something like that. And it was literally a a Pomodoro tomato timer. And I remember having one, I think as a kid, but anyway, because I was a nerd, you can do this because of course you all have a cell phone, but single task. And some of the research today says to do it for 20 minutes, give yourself 20 minutes of focused time and then take 10 minutes of a break for your brain. 20 minutes on, 10 minutes off. And I swear when I am in moments where I need to get things done, when I do this, it is miraculous how much I can get done. This also though is affected by strategy number two, which is owning your attention. Be fully mindful. It means if you're concentrating for 20 minutes, you're not out there checking the weather. You're not out there looking out the window or um, eating. Well, for me, eating is always multitasking, but you're doing something single-mindedly, mindfully. You are paying complete attention to it. You don't let your mind wander. You take back your power and your own attention. And then number three, oh man, just take care of yourself because physically that affects how you show up every single day. And I know we all know that stuff, but just pick one little thing that you want to work on to help yourself physically feel better because you know what? that is also going to be good for your brain. And when I think about my body and I think about my brain, sometimes I think of those as very separate things. <laughs> like I'm, I'm out exercising because that's good for my heart and I'll lose weight or all whatever. And then when I'm reading, that's really good for my brain. But what I don't think of is generally, holistically, systemically, all the things that I'm doing to my body affect my brain. And boy, do I want to protect that bad boy. <laughs> want to make sure that it is healthy and strong for years to come. So I get to do what I love to do, which is learn and teach. Think how you can single task, own your attention by being mindful, being present in the moment, and one small thing you can do to be healthy this week. And I bet you're going to feel so much better by the end of this week, I promise. And let me know what you discover about yourself. And oh boy, if you want to talk stress, sign up for my workshop starting in August. It's a three-part series, How to Create a Stress-Free Environment. Are we going to get rid of stress altogether? No, but we're going to learn how to optimize it for ourselves and for our teams. 